Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit being present to free us. Hallelujah. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I think you've answered what I had asked for this morning, Lord. Which was, our dear Lord, Savior, and Master, Jesus Christ, I pray that we would be washed and changed by your word so that you can be glorified by our works. Reduce the prideful. Change the minds of the arrogant. Restore the hearts of the disillusions. Save the unbelieving church and unbelievers. Renew a right spirit in we the believers. Then we will be able to praise you and worship you in spirit and in truth. As you increase, we shall decrease and come from out of our hiding places. Hear my cry, O oh Lord, and answer my prayer. In Jesus' name, I present this petition to you. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read as a continuation of prayer, Psalms 44. So far, thus far, the worship hymn, the praise songs, and words that are spoken all interject in the message that the Lord gave me yesterday at 2 o'clock in the morning. I thought he had wakened me to pray only. And after I prayed and I still couldn't go back to sleep, and I'm like, what would you have me to do? And he started speaking to me, and then I got up and started writing. So I know that this is for such a time as this. And I am thankful for the souls thus far that has hearkened to the spirit of the, of the Lord as his presence is here, that they have been moved by the spirit of the Lord. And I pray that it will be a continuation of a moving. Psalms 44. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days and in the times of old. That's what the Bible is for, to help us to be encouraged based on what has happened in the past. How thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantedest them. How thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God, command deliverance for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under, the, under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou have saved us from our enemies and put them to shame that hated us. And God, we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, we get a word from the Lord but we don't walk in it. It's a good feeling, goosebumps, crying, amen. And we feel good for the moment and then we go back into the world of doing what we normally do and we forget all about what he has said. But thou hast cast off and put us to shame and go is not forth with our enemies. It feels like that when you get back into your own routine and understanding. Thou makest us to turn backs 
turn, turn us to, thou makest us to turn back from the enemy, and they which hate us spoil for themselves. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat, and has scattered us among the heathen. That's what it feels like when you get out of the will of God. Thou sellest thy people for naught, and doest not increase thy wealth by thy price. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. Thou makest us a beyond among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face have covered me. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger, all this is come upon us, yet have we not forgotten thee? Neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. In spite of it, I will stay in the covenant with the Lord, obeying what God has said. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way. Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of death. If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Yea, for thy sake are we killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. You know how to plead a petition to the Lord? <laughs> Glory. Wherefore hidest thou thy face, and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down. Is your soul bowed down? Or are you going through the natural facade? <laughs> For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. We heard earlier, he didn't save us for us, but because of his mercy, he has pity on us and bring us out amen now lord continue to show me the things you want me to see so when i speak master it'll be those things you will want me to say in jesus name amen praise the lord the title of this message is part two receiving the fullness of the holy spirit amen now i'll get into the message glory be to the name of jesus Sin is deceiving, and it challenges our flesh and our senses. Your eyes, which is the pride of life. Your ears, which hears from the prince of the air. And your soul, which is the lust of your mind. All of which is the result of the original sin in the Garden of Eden. You see, Satan challenged what Eve thought she heard. First of all, she heard it from her husband who heard it face to face from the Lord. And what was given to her, I guess she kind of ruminated over it and came to a different conclusion. So when she was attacked by the enemy, she didn't have the faith and the strength to stand against the lies that he was speaking because she twisted the truth. He enticed her sense of taste to eat from the forbidden tree. She provoked her to challenge God's authority over her life. We feel and think if my flesh and emotions are pacified, it is a good and satisfying thing. This is why we are fasting, to starve those two strongholds in order to overcome the weakness and be changed by 
the dictates of our hearts, which was born again, if you're saved. Now, thank God for Jesus, whose overcoming power in the wilderness dismantled those three temptations. We now are in his, in his name can reject the lies and influences of Satan because of what Jesus did in the wilderness. You don't have to be overcome by the temptations of Satan. They're going to come, but you have overcoming power now to overcome what Satan means to destroy. Now, in Matthew 4, 11, and you can turn there, we shall read the story of that defeat. It is also in Luke 4. Isn't that interesting? The same story and the same number chapter. Because you know what? The number four spiritually represents man's challenge. Okay? Now, after Jesus baptized I mean, after Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. See, these names and numbers mean something. Because in the River Jordan is how I got over. Y'all better wake up and think and pray with me, okay? <laughs> Glory. Jesus was baptized in the how I got over place. <laughs> Glory. And as he was being baptized, a dove came upon him, and he was then uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. This was necessary because, see, he was right afterwards led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. All preparation and had to happen before Jesus' 33 years of ministry because this is happening as Jesus, as a human, not as in divinity. I want you to pay attention because whatever the teacher went through, the pupil was going to go through. This was preparation before his ministry. You get anointed and called and you get busy and you get all high and mighty. Help me, Holy Ghost, to stay to the course. And his ministry was going about healing the sick, making the lame to walk, giving sight to the blind, and casting out demons. Now, let's look at how Jesus resisted the temptations of Satan. Because if this hadn't happened first, he would be just like a lot of us who are called anointed and appointed and operating out of a wrong spirit. Okay, let's go over to Matthew 4. Are you there? Matthew 4 reads, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit. You see, the Lord led him there. Listen. <laughs> Some of the things that happens to us that come upon us is not coming from Satan. They are being allowed because God is perfecting us and the challenges and in the trials that we're facing. And if you don't hold on to him and look to him, you won't come out of it like you should. Because you're too busy and too concerned about how your flesh and your emotions are feeling. And when he had fasted 40 days, isn't that something? And 40 nights, he was afterward a hunger. And when he had fasted, remember the four? <laughs> That's the challenging. Hallelujah, Jesus, of man. And if you can get through the test, then you're able to overcome the temptations that's going to come before you. You see, when God calls you to do something out of your comfort zone, out of what makes you feel comfortable and happy and all of that, it is a divine purpose. And if you don't hearken to it, you will stay in the same state forever. You want to come out? It's not always push a button and whoop, there it is. Three, and when the tempter came, Right after the fast. <laughs> Glory. 
And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. See, just like he did with Eve in the garden. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. You see, when the tempter came, and at a weak time, because you got to remember, Jesus is a human now. We're not talking about divinity. And he had to do this and conquer this by human nature, because that's how the original sin came about. So he had to destroy it the same way it came in to let us know we can overcome and we can destroy the works of Satan. So we see that, that he comes to defeat the Lord with bread, with food. He tempts your appetite. <laughs> what kind of appetite do you have? What do you crave for? And I'm not talking about just food. What are some of your cravings that Satan already knows? your profile, and what's that resume? <laughs> so he knows what to tempt and how to tempt to get you off course and you don't even know you're off course. Mm. Glory, 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 glory. So how does Jesus handle this? And how did Jesus resist the temptation? He said, it is written, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, O Lord. See, you can get up and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. In the Bible, Jesus did the rebuking. You can declare what his word said, and then see, Satan will have to flee. And that's what Jesus did. It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, which comes out of Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. That was what he used to oppose the temptation of his appetite. At 40 days of fasting, you know he had to be weak. Now, let me tell you, I didn't know I was being called to pastor, but I knew I was supposed to be doing something, and I didn't know what it was. But when God called me, he called me to a 40-day water fast. That's why I can really relate to this. And at that time, there was only really two people knew what I was doing. And that was one intercessor that I called to pray for my strength during that time, and that was Renette and my husband because he was living with me. And he saw. I did not want it out there. It didn't need to be discussed, challenged, or, or appraised, or approval, or any of that. Because when you're doing something for the Lord, you need to keep your mouth shut sometime until he gets you through it. And the only reason why my husband knew it, because he, didn't, he saw that I wasn't eating anything. And after so many days, he was afraid. But when you do stuff for the Lord, he upholds you and he keeps you and he's enable you to do what you think is impossible to do. Okay? And you are weak physically, but spiritually, I was strong. I was stronger than I had ever been. Amen? Even though I didn't even know why, but I just obeyed. Okay? So, in a time of weakness, Satan thinks he's getting ready to challenge Jesus, but Jesus come back with the word. There's a remember, he comes back with the word. If you speak the word, it dismantles Satan. It uplifts you, and it gives you a sense of direction, okay? Now, with each temptation, Satan causes Jesus to go up. <laughs> Each temptation was an elevation, and Jesus' graduation caused him to be led up higher. 
You see, every time you are being tested, when you pass the test, the next one is harder and higher. But the anointing comes for it. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Every time we win a spiritual battle or accomplish something for God with our spiritual gift, there will be a temptation of Satan more devious because it would be hidden under the disguise of it's good or it sounds right. Okay? Verse 5. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and sitteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. He's been uplifted. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shall dash thy foot against a stone. Okay? Now, Jesus replied, wasn't. See, he proved, proved it by the word. <laughs> That's not how Jesus replied. Help him, Holy Ghost. Why? Because did he really quote the word? <laughs> Let's go over to Psalms 91. That's why you need to know what you're doing. Because spirituality is not about all of your height. You're jumping up and shouting. It's about what you hear with spiritual ears. Amen. Psalms 91 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee, not concerning thee. And this will come after what happened in the previous verses. Not by you challenging God. Okay, let go, oh, Jesus, 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 help me. Okay, the previous verses, it says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start, first of all, at the beginning of the songs, it talks about how you are dwelling in a secret place of the Most High, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, that the Lord is your refuge, your fortress, and is in him that you put your trust, that he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noises pestilence. He shall cover you with his wings and under his feathers, under his feathers and with his wings you should trust. You, he shall be your shield and your buckler. And you should not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, or for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, or for the destruction that happens at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with your eyes shall you see and behold the reward of the wicked, because you have known the Lord, who is your refuge and your most high habitation. Therefore, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come your, nigh your dwelling. Why? For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of God's ways and he shall bear you up they shall bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against the stone so you see how the devil is a liar and the truth isn't in him but but even though Jesus was in the flesh he knew the word so that lie didn't fly with him okay so how do Jesus responds? He says, it is written again, thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God, which is found in Deuteronomy 6, 16. We're still dealing with man's testing. Number six, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Because you see, Satan was trying to tempt him with his words and what he does since he's the prince of the air, he'll take stuff and twist it around and make it come so close to the original counterfeit that you think you heard from God. That was the test of the prince of the air. Amen. Okay. Now again, he take him up. All right. This is the last temptation of the three. Satan takes Jesus up into the mountain for the test of idolatry. 
the more you know and grow in the word and in the Holy Spirit of God can cause one to become haughty and prideful, no longer teachable or humble and begin to believe false tongues and lying spirits, deceitful and lustful riches and power becomes your idol. More power than anything else. The Lord will let you go as far as you wish when we do not listen to sound wisdom and accept strong rebuke. Okay, so let's read the next test. And again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and show him all the kingdoms of the world. Now, you say, well, they belong to God. Well, no, Adam and Eve passed it on to Satan in the Garden of Eden. What God set up for man, they passed it on, okay? He showed them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Well, Jesus, no, I don't have to worship you to take back what I own in the first place. <laughs> Why don't we think like that? You just stole something from me that God gave to me, and I'm taking it back because you are illegal. You're operating on the wrong territory, and you have illegally confiscated what never belonged to you in the first place, and I'm taking it back in the name of Jesus because God said, and Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. <laughs> For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou shalt serve. You see, the Lord will let you go as far as you wish when you don't listen. But if you stay with him, he will put his word back in remembrance of your mind. Let me tell you, you can read the word one time. And when you get into a challenge, he will bring back to your remembrance the word that's fitting the challenge that you're facing. In the name of Jesus, if you are seeking and desiring, okay? Well, I'm, I'm talking about seeking and desiring him. Okay, so again, Jesus stands on his faith in the word. He didn't look for something greater or something that appeared more powerful. <laughs> no, he stood, therefore, like it tells us in the Bible, when you have done all that you can do, stand, therefore, on the truth and faith of the word. And he said, now let's go over to uh, Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to read you a couple of statements out of the Old Testament. And we don't need to stop playing these uh, religious, spiritual games with God and stand and just stand and do what's, do what's right. Well, God, I, I thought. This, uh, Deuteronomy 6.13. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name and his name only. 10.20. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shalt thou serve and to him thou shalt cleave and swear by his name. Do you hear what the Bible is saying? I don't care how much a person knows, how much has been revealed to them out of the word. And you, when you get out of order, you are out of order and there is no anointing or power over you. And you better check the word and make sure you're hearing from God and, and cleave to what is right and not what sounds good or make you feel good. And because the word is going to take you out of your situation. The word is going to deliver you from the danger. The word is going to heal your sick body. Deliver your bound up mind. The word is going to fill up the empty voice when you feel like there's no one to love you anymore. The word will fill up the empty spot that some 
of the clay left empty for you. And when he fills it, he makes you feel better than any other human being can ever make you feel and get you back on the right course so whatever he have planned for you, you'll run into that right person. Stop seeking and looking for somebody. You don't have to look for nobody. The word tells you as a female, you don't have to look and the word tells the man that he will put before your eyes a good thing. So get your eyes, especially off of other people's spouses, and put it on the Lord. Because whatever is missing inside of you, they can't help you in the first place. Because I tell you what, what looks good on the outside ain't necessarily all that great on the inside. And when you get a hold of it, there's no anointing on you to deal with the mess that they're dealing with. The anointing is on the one that's with them because God put them together. And he said, I will keep you there as long as you keep your face and your eyes on me. And you will be able to get over. But when you get over on somebody else's territory and think that you're going to reap the benefits from it, baby, you're going to suffer and you're going to go through pure hell because there's no anointing on you to live with that person that don't belong to you in the first place that wasn't written down he didn't give me that this yesterday morning <laughs> glory hallelujah Jesus the end result will be when you follow God which happened with the Lord and it had to happen because I have to keep telling you Jesus was tempted in his human flesh and verse 11 which this verse don't come in Luke it's a little bit different. That's why I chose this one. After you've been tempted and tried and gone through pure hell and you passed the test because you stood on the word and you quoted the word and you put your trust in God in spite of how it was looking, in spite of how it was feeling. Once you get through that, the Bible said... Then saith Jesus, oh, I don't know, uh, uh, verse 11. Then the devil leaveth him. Why? Because he fought three times with the same thing. Satan, it is written. He didn't have to come up with nothing new. The three times he was tested, he stood his ground. It is written. Okay? And because he stood his ground, it says, angels came and ministered unto him. God sent him help to restore him, to lift him up, to encourage him, and to prepare him so that he can get busy doing the ministry. It ain't about to make you feel good. Oh, you know what God did for me? No, it's for to prepare you to do the work of the ministry. And be a testimony to those who are suffering from the same thing that you suffered and greater. But because you were able to overcome, you can help them overcome. Hallelujah. And then, let me, let me read you something else. Because he was able to, to, to uh, overcome and, the, and then the angels came. Let's go over to James 4 for a minute and see what it has to say. James 4 verse 7 says submit yourself therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you did y'all hear that I, sometime I, well I just feel well I, I don't know something just came over me and I, I really believe it's the Lord uh -huh, causing you to feed your flesh pamper your dysfunctional emotions and submit to your lustful, bound soul, and you believe it came from the Lord? If it doesn't fit the Bible, no, it did not come from the Lord. The Lord will honor you when you step out and be a different and go against the things that are natural and use his supernatural power. Do you think, do you think that God would have you to step out into the deep and use his word and not protect you because you choose to stand for him? This is not what God would have for us. It's what you are saying, not what God said, because God said, and then quoted, 
Well, I just feel, oh, honey, I'm sorry. We're not walk, working on your feelings today. We're going to walk in the word. And if I have to walk it alone, so be it. Because God tells me, I think it's Matthew 10, no one gives up anything for me that I don't give it back to them a hundredfold. That's mother, father, children, husband, wife. Oh, so what did he mean? When you take a stand for righteousness, I'll stand with you. And those that you had to leave behind, I'll fix them. And when I get done with them, they'll be better than they were when you first met them. Trust him. See what won't he do it. I'm not just telling you about textbook. I'm telling you when I took some stands. And I said, God, if it's just me and you, so be it. And though it was looking bleak for a moment, God stepped in, turned it right around. Okay? Are you going to stand for God? Are you going to stand for man? Do man have eternity? Can man restore you? Can man heal you? Because even if I go and lay hands on you, it's through the Spirit of the Lord. Not by power, not by might, but by your Spirit, O Lord. Stop following and going along with what man has to say. What is God saying to your spirit this moment, to this day? Submit yourselves to God. Listen, if you don't submit yourself to God, you can forget resisting Satan. That all, oh, I rebuke you. Get out of here. Satan is like, please. I know who you are. You better submit to God. God, I just thank you. Begin to praise him. Worship him for this thing. And then you can say, Satan, you need to flee. Because see, you, you, okay. <laughs> no, I'm stepping on some toes. Step on. <laughs> okay, let me, I'm going to read some more James. He, after he says, re, uh, resist the devil and he will flee because you submitted to the Lord. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. A double-minded man is double-minded in all his ways. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Because you see, when you, when you, when the first time you take a stand against human man for the righteousness of God, it is hard. You will mourn. But baby, after that, it's not a big deal anymore because you know who's on your side and you know you're going to win. Amen. <laughs> he says, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall and he shall and he shall lift you up. Let, you, let me read what my commentary says. The exhortation that follow logically results from the conditions in verses one through six. Resist the devil. Do not submit to fear or flee from Satan, but stand against him. Satan cannot lead into sin against one's will. Hmm. All right. So you see, even though we may get tempted, the Lord has made a way of escape from temptation, but you must make a decision to follow his way. And to follow Jesus according to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures. Not by your education, not by your feelings, not by past experiences, not by your need to be happy, and not by your coping skills as a result of emotional injuries. Dysfunctionalism begets dysfunctionalism. Until your wounds have been healed by the blood and spirit of Jesus Christ, you will make bad choices because, although you don't believe it, you are being controlled by an unclean spirit. You are being oppressed by an unclean spirit. I'm going to say it again because some religious people think, oh, I can't be. 
and I'm going to follow up with it. You will be controlled by an unclean spirit because if he's already oppressing you and you don't have sense enough to know it, he's going to depress you. Ask God to take back and to reveal the entry point of the stuff that has happened to you. The act that defiled you. The moment of contact, ask him to reveal to you the words of defilement and oppression for you to be delivered and become free and for the Holy Spirit to dwell in you freely and richly by guiding you in God's perfect will for his glorification. What am I saying? The reason why you've been on the road of, of error is because what has gone on in you or happened to you sometimes back, you have not been delivered. And you have not been free. And you don't even understand the root of all of that in order to get free. So you repent and confess and ask God to help you. Until that happens, do not be so quick to say you are following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You, yes, you are being led, but the Spirit isn't holy that is doing the leading. Satan has, I want you to hear this, Satan has no need to deceive an unbeliever who is already walking in the path of deception. <laughs> and, have, and have not accepted or understand anything concerning the Holy Spirit. Only those of us who are filled can be deceived by an unclean spirit to think the Holy Spirit is leading us on every occasion. Do y'all need me to read that again? So you can digest it? Because <laughs> what I want is to get rid of that religion. Satan has no need to deceive an unbeliever who is already walking in the path of deception and have not accepted or do they understand anything concerning the Holy Spirit. Only those of us who are filled can be deceived by an unclean spirit to think the Holy Spirit is leading us on every occasion. Why do you think 1 John 4, 1 through 6, and you can turn over there, gave the body of Christ instructions, the body of Christ, not to unbelievers, to try the spirits, small as spirits, whether they are of God. Why do you think he gave out those instructions? Just to put something in the word? Go over to 1 John 4. If that wasn't in the Bible then there wouldn't be no need to talk about it. So since it's in the Bible, what makes you think that you are always in the right spirit? <laughs> okay, 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, th those are believers. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Why is that? Because today we have people who are different religions that may use the word Jesus and God, and they're talking generically. It's not because they believe in the Holy Trinity, which means God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Okay? And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ, so those religions that call Jesus a good man, a prophet, who do not believe he was divinity who came down in a form of humanity, was born through a virgin, suffered, died on the cross, buried, and rose on the third day. Okay? Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of 
Antichrist. Because Jesus' last name is not Christ. Christ defines what he does and who he is. And that means he has the power and the authority to change, fix, rearrange, whatever is necessary. And so when you deny Jesus to be part of the divinity and the trinity, then you're saying he's powerless. So you're against the power of God. Therefore, call Antichrist. Okay? Whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. The Antichrist spirit has been in the world. Now, he is going to show up at the tribulation time. But the body of Christ will be raptured. That's providing you have accepted the gospel, believe it, and walking in it. Okay? He says, you are of God, little children. That means he's trying to grow them up. <laughs> and overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's what you need to learn to be saying. Greater is he that is in me, Jesus Christ, than he that is in the world. Define, because some of you I don't know. We are above God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Ah, I got to read that first again because I don't think y'all comprehend what that just said. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. And what did Jesus say? In order for you to know the Father, you have to come through me. You got to know me. If you know me, you know the Father. So if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. I'm not talking about the generic form of God, okay? We're of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There are two spirits, and I've been saying this ever since you all know me, that there's two powers that's operating on this earth. The left, Satan. The right, God. The spirit of error and the spirit of truth. Which one are you going to serve? Amen, amen, amen. So, pride... Vanity. Oh, okay. Let me just say, you know how you try the spirits? By the spirit. So how do you try the spirits? By the spirit. If you're not sure about what's, what's being spoken to you or what you're hearing from a, a doctrine or teaching, what you, need to, what you need to say, yes, you need to know the word, but what you need to say is, did Jesus come in the flesh? And the unclean spirit will right away say, no, try it, and you'll see. Amen? See, pride, vanity, arrogance, and intellect keep us from obeying and having us walking in sin. And I'm talking about believers walking in sin. If you never awaken to the truth and with your heart as well as with your lips confess that sin and others other sins not to other folks confess that sin that I just talked about and other sins to God for him to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness you are walking and living in sin which is why you have no joy or and peace. It has nothing to do with the persons or people in your life or the situation you are in. It is because of the inner sin that is ruling in your life. Let me tell you, humans don't have no more power than Satan to be ruling how you think and feel on a daily basis. You give them cretins. You give Satan a gateway, an opening to come in and do that to you. As a believer, I'm talking about, okay? You have options, you have authority, and you have 
power in the name of Jesus Christ. So you don't have to stay under somebody else's oppression. You don't have to stay under the power of Satan. You need to open your mouth and declare what thus says the Lord. When you declare his word, the first thing you're doing is convincing you of that truth. The second thing you're doing is dismantling the power of darkness and it caused them to flee and for you to come out. So you don't let other people oppress you with dumb stuff. Amen. You stand up and speak what thus says the Lord. God said, if you lift me up before man, I lift you up to my father. And that means when you take a stand for him, God, Jesus is telling God, remember the blood. Remember they're under the blood. So you definitely don't let, if, 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 help me. Now, some of you going around talking about, Satan, I rebuke you. And you got husbands and children controlling you. And how you got so much power over Satan is a spirit you can't even see. But you don't have no power over these humans that's in your face. <laughs> you need to know who you are in Christ you, you will never be awakened to the truth until you openly confess and ask God to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness you do not want sin in your inner man ruling your life. Amen? Amen? Life is too short and too challenging to be going through dumb stuff. Amen? We need to be preparing for the other side. And, and if you haven't learned how to praise and worship him now, you're not going to be able to make it in heaven because that's all we will be doing. <laughs> The question is, how do I be saved? Peter tells the followers of Jesus, because they were following him because of the works he was doing and the miracles he was doing. So in the book of Acts, chapter 2, 38, 39, he told the followers, repent. That's how you get saved. Repent from your sin. Stop just going around thinking because you feel you've been saved and you've been cleansed, um, that you can just sin and not confess that sin and turn from it. Amen. You just confess the same sin over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Come on. You didn't repent. You, you just ran your mouth. You confess first and then you turn. So you don't repeat that. Now, you may a couple times when something has a stronghold over you, but when you are aware of you, you're like, God, I give it back to you. Take it away. You don't just like, oh, God understands me. He'll forgive me. I'm so, oh, I, I abhor those words. Okay. God do understand you, but he's waiting for you to humble yourself before him and just say, I have no control. I can't do it. So I'm giving it to you, God. Take it away from me. Help me. I am weak to whatever it is, whether it's a sin or a person. Help me, Holy Ghost. So you have to do what Peter told him. Repent and then be baptized. In other words, after openly confessing and then turning from your wicked ways, then with an open public confession of faith, be watered, baptized. Okay? Every believer should be baptized after you have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, even when that confession happens after many years of being in a church. A church don't make you save. And, and when you join church, 
uh, because of family and as a child and you were baptized, that baptism means nothing. It just means you went in the water. You could have just swam. The only baptism that's going to matter is after you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because that baptism is declaring to the world, I have given my life to God and what I'm doing is taking that old nature and bearing it into a grave like Jesus did so I can rise up with the new nature of Jesus Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. So you're declaring who you belong to. That's why that's important. So anyone who was baptized as a child but you got saved as an adult, you need to be baptized in the water. Amen. We're talking, we're basically really talking about the Holy Spirit. I hope you got the drift of that. And I'm going to keep going further with give you better understanding of his attributes and everything else so that you can be filled and then you will have the power to resist the temptations of, of Satan. But if there's anyone who have not confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, present or by Zoom, or, excuse me, who have been thinking you've been walking with him for a long time and you still are defeated and have never been able to overpower and overcome the things that are tormenting you inwardly, then maybe you need to make that confession today. There's no sense in speculating because I hear people that I say they're believers say, well, I, I don't know. I'm having such a hard time to believe whether I'm unsaved or not. Well, if you're really saved, then the devil is messing with you because you were probably in such a dark place that you can't believe that just by an open confession, you've been translated from darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. So that may be an issue, or maybe you aren't really saved. But it doesn't matter because it can be remedied right away. If you really want to be different, if you really want to have victory and peace and joy in your life, then you can simply make that open confession today and invite Jesus Christ to live in your heart. And then your heart can begin to dictate to your broken soul and save it. Amen. So, it is as simple as repeating after me, Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner. I need to be saved. I am so sorry for my sins. The sins I know and the sins I don't understand. Because I know Jesus once you come into my heart, you will reveal those secret sins to me. And I will be able to give them to you. And you will cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So, Heavenly Father, I'm asking for you to give me the gift of salvation. And his name is... Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for healing me. Now, Lord, I'm asking you to fill me with your precious Holy Spirit who will be able to comfort me, guide me, and lead me in the path of righteousness. I declare today, I am filled, I am free, I am saved, and I have the victory, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Okay, now I will do the benediction. Glory to his name. Father, I cease not to get things for all of your children. 
and those who wish to be your children, making mention of them in my prayers this day, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto them all the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, that their eyes of understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of the Lord's calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance to all the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of God's power to all of us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Thank you, Father, for granting them all according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith and that they being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that they might be filled with all the fullness of God now unto him our Savior who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I'm asking or thinking according to the power and the faith that worketh in me. Also, I pray that they might be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that they might walk worthy of you, Lord, and to all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, unto all patience, long suffering with joyfulness. I give thanks unto the Father which have made us all to meet and be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who have delivered us all from the power of dark darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of the glorious gospel of the blood and cross of our dear son Jesus Christ unto Christ be the glory amen <laughs>